Welcome, my darling pretties, to our Beyond the Dawn of Business podcast for pretty empowered female entrepreneurs. It's time to step into your power, pretties, lift each other, support the squad, and choose a life filled with the autonomy and freedom to live your dreams. I'm your host, Dawn Beth, owner and founder of Beyond the Dawn Digital Business Brand and Agency. My coffee is hot and my eyelashes are on, so we are ready to go. Hi, pretties, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm going to talk to you about ADHD and overwhelm. It's really important to me that I let you know that ADHD is going to be part of the episode. That means a lot to me because I recognize that some of the ways that I will present this information might be slightly different to the way somebody else would present the information. I recognize that my coping mechanisms will have been built on the way that my brain works and that my brain works in a really funky way. I actually love the way that my brain works and other than the negative aspects of ADHD, which I must admit, I really do feel like I have a good grasp on these days. They don't feel too heavy for me. I'm aware of them. I know that they exist. And funnily enough, I find it quite easy to recognize them in other people, whereas I spent years not being able to recognize them in myself. Um, They don't hold as much weight like they're just not as heavy as they used to be in terms of me worrying about these kinds of things I just don't I just generally don't really worry but with the season being upon us and there being a lot to do and as the days getting darker and us feeling that urge to hibernate I feel like it's really important that we talk about motivation we talk about the way that actually sometimes that lack of motivation with somebody who is neurodiverse or anybody actually who's just you know had their fill when it comes to having so many things to juggle can recognize that moment of overwhelm for me overwhelm can be triggered by environment. And as I make this podcast, I have what I would call a medium messy desk. You don't ever want to see what my desk looks like when it's fully messy. It's not good. And even that is enough to start messing with my head. That is as simple as it takes. I look at my environment. There's things that need doing. There's a lot that needs doing. And I don't have lots of time and I've had to prioritize things like recording the actual audio of this podcast because you guys are more important to me than whether my desk has, you know, today's dinner fork on it. However, my visual representation of my environment is telling my brain something and my brain is low key, like a little low home just in the back, worrying having anxiety about the fact that my desk is messy. Now, easy fix, clean the desk, get it. But the way that ADHD and overwhelm sometimes presents for me is that these small things that are seemingly small to other people are actually quite big things to me. They feel like climbing a mountain. 
they feel absolutely massive sometimes. Sometimes, and this is one to admit that I don't think I've ever admitted before, sometimes taking a shower feels massive. It feels massive. Now I've gotten to a place obviously where I, you know, force myself to do it. And usually once I'm in the shower, I love it. And afterwards I feel so good. And I, I, you know, I really, really trick myself and trick my brain. I use all the best lovely smelling soaps. I even have, and this is again, quite a funny one to admit, I even have a a phone holder so I can put Netflix on my phone and distract that part of my brain. I'll put an episode of Friends or something on whilst I'm in the shower. Because going, just going in the shower to wash my body and wash my hair or whatever, it's, it's not, stimulating enough. I know I need to do it. I want to do it. I want to be clean. I want to be fresh. I want to take care of myself. Self-care is massive to me. And I know mentally as well that it has a massive positive effect, but I need more. I need music in there or I need an episode of Friends in the background. I need to distract the part of my brain that is constantly seeking distraction or constantly seeking engagement. I need to keep it busy so that the rest of my brain can handle the functional, the required, the simple, because nothing is simple when you're in overwhelm, absolutely nothing. When it comes to overwhelm, there are different levels, and I'm sure that this is true for everybody, but there are different levels, like I can have a full breakdown internally or externally. I had one earlier over a misunderstanding with a numerical value on a tax bill, which is hilarious now because in no world could there ever have been a misunderstanding. If I'd have just engaged my brain for a couple of seconds, I would have recognized that that wasn't possible. But fear and overwhelm and stress came to play, made a difference to how I reacted. And that was an external and internal, very much internal, but it presented externally as well, with me kind of freaking out and having a moment where I had to regulate my emotions. I was like breathing just to calm myself down and get back to that state where I was actually okay. Sometimes for me, it happens in freeze. Sometimes there's so much going on, my brain just switches down. And I remember quite often when in situations that caused emotional pain or felt like conflict, I would freeze. And I know that when people who talk about trauma, they talk about abuse and those types of things, they talk about the reactions and you can fight or you can flight or you can fawn or you can freeze. And it always makes me think of that because occasionally my brain will just stop and no thought can get through. It's like when you're driving down the road and there's no space for two cars to pass and you end up sitting there having a bit of a standoff over what's going to move first and everybody just sits there looking at each other for five minutes because no one knows what to do and no one's willing to make the first move. My brain kind of goes into that arena, turns into an internal cycle of a Mexican standoff and nothing's moving like a tangled piece of yarn that nobody can see where the thread starts or ends to be able to untangle it. can be quite frustrating in that moment because it doesn't feel like you have much control. You do 
it doesn't feel like it so regulating emotions comes before any kind of practical thoughts or any kind of tangible steps that you can make to help you i know a lot of my friends use exercise to support in that getting their physical body moving can sometimes help get their mental situation moving it's definitely something that i would like to explore now the reason why i wanted to bring this up today is because i feel like when i especially talk about adhd i talk about it as a superpower and it is a superpower. Somebody mentioned to me recently that I was disabled and I'm not disabled. I don't consider myself disabled at all. That is not my my situation. I appreciate that it's a spectrum. I appreciate that people have lots of different experiences in how it presents for them. I know that being neurodiverse is not as easy for lots of people as it is for me. And I'm I'm really grateful for my version of it. I'm super grateful actually, because I do genuinely believe that there are more benefits to me having ADHD than there are downfalls. And I do, I feel like I fell on the right side of that. And that's just pure luck, absolute pure luck that that has occurred for me. And I'm grateful. But so often I talk about ADHD in a positive light, and I always will, because I, I don't feel like there's so many good things that that, that neurodiverse people bring to the table, sorry. And it needs to be recognized that actually there are some really fantastic, really fantastic things that occur in neurodiverse circles that perhaps are overlooked or not recognized as such a strength. That being said, I I wanted to be honest and explain, especially at this time of year, especially with everything that's going on, especially with busy businesses, when you have a team, when you have a family, when you have responsibilities, when you have work, you know, it is still overwhelming. And one of the best things I ever did for myself was allow myself to embrace that and to be vulnerable about it without it meaning anything about my capability to handle it. Me speaking the words to you that sometimes I get overwhelmed is not me actually being weak. If anything, I think it makes me stronger. I can sit here completely in my power and admit, yeah, sometimes I get overwhelmed and I know how to handle it. I always get through it. I have complete confidence that when it happens again, and it will, that I will handle it well and that I'll come out the other side absolutely fine and likely to have learned something, likely to have shifted my personal growth on again, likely to have lots of you know, new perspectives, mindsets or, or thoughts or feelings about something on the other side of it. My ADHD and me are tools and friends and a journey. I only figured out in the last few years that I had ADHD. And there was a massive part of me that wasn't sure whether ADHD had come on due to life experiences and the way that I was living and the situation and environment I was living in, or whether I'd actually been born with it. And what's really been 
interesting is the stories that come out once people know that you're ADHD. Friends and family from who knew me when I was little telling me stories about how I would behave and how I would be and then recognizing that all of my all of my really, you know, interesting superpowers in my late childhood, so like pre-teen, early teen, I recognized that I could chameleon, and I've, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, which was basically you could stick me in any single room. I could read the room. I could find out what people wanted from me, and I could adapt to other people's wants and needs, and I could shift my entire personality to meet those needs in such a way that, you know, other people would just be astounded at how likable I was and how easy I was to get along with. And I just thought that I was a good actress. And I actually for a long time wanted to be an actress because I just assumed that was my superpower, that was my skill. Until I recognized, obviously, in these later years, that that was me masking and that I wasn't actually some genius in being able to shape shift into a particular scenario. I actually was just trying to fit in. And the reason why it worked for me was because I was presenting neurotypical and completely holding back my neurodiverse it wasn't that I was shifting my entire personality it wasn't that I was some super Darren Brown mind reading magical you know manipulative being it wasn't any of those things it was literally that I was masking I was recognizing what people wanted from me and I was holding back my personality and I still mask occasionally but I feel myself when I do it and I certainly don't feel as overwhelmed as I used to there's also an interesting conversation about introversion and ADHD because when you think about ADHD you consider that somebody is going to be a bouncy tigger who is just bouncing off the walls and has a million ideas and there's constant noise and that is true like there's a lot of truth in that but also People have before misunderstood that I might actually be an introvert because my social battery drains so quickly. I can be in a situation where I'm in a room full of people and be entirely energized for a couple of hours. I might get to that third or fourth hour and I start to drain and I can feel it as soon as my energy starts to drain, I need to go away, I need to recoup, I need to rest, I need to have those quiet moments. And I battled with that before I knew that I had ADHD for such a long time and that became a source of overwhelm and stress and worry. Am I an introvert? Should I actually be arranging my life to suit my energetic needs? Do I need to step away and spend time in my pajamas by myself in a dark room where nobody can contact me? Or is this just another kind of symptom of my brain being absolutely everything all at once and absolutely nothing at the same time? The other thing that I think is interesting about ADHD and overwhelm is that quite often overwhelm for us looks like laziness and we can be sat in our gym jams, we might not have done anything today, we might have scrolled on our phone 
which is a bit of a destructive practice for ADHD or neurodiverse person because we can find ourselves, I mean, everybody can, but we can find ourselves down rabbit holes, you know, for long, long periods of time. But it might look like I've done nothing and I've not washed up, I've not cleaned up, I've not done the laundry, I've not made a proper meal. You know, I've not done any of those things. But inside my mind, there could be 6,000 tabs going all at the same time. And I might be processing. I might be processing a million different thoughts and feelings that have happened since I woke up that morning or that month. I might be processing what's going to happen in the next couple of days. I might be energetically trying to prepare myself for non-negotiable situations. And I think there's a lot of understanding your own overwhelm, understanding when these things are happening and having your own toolkit to be able to make sure that you're keeping your life on track and you're not letting yourself get to a point where it actually creates a new level of overwhelm that it becomes too difficult to come out of. So if you felt that way, and if you've had those moments, let me know. I would love to know in the group. Come into our free group. Let us know if you've ever felt that way and what you do, what your tools are. Let's share some tips and hints with each other on how we can combat those overwhelms and the things that work for you. Rather than saying, go ahead and do this, maybe we should start saying, this is what works for me. And then somebody else can read that and take that like a pick and mix rather than being given an instruction. Exercises are great and they have their place, but occasionally it's nice just to be able to have that information and make an educated decision yourself without somebody else telling you what to do. No matter what, give yourself the time and space to not beat yourself up about whatever it is you need. That's my best bit of advice. I love taking care of myself. I love looking at that moment and going, you know what, Dawny, you deserve to spend another hour on the couch (laughs) or you deserve to relax and take the day off or you deserve to go out for that walk or to see that person or to do whatever you need to do that feels good. And I think we don't do that enough. So I hope you remember to do that. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, I'm sending massive, massive love to you, especially at this time of year. Remember that you can reach out and you can admit it. It doesn't equate to weakness. If anything, I think often it equates to strength. Until next time, pretties. If you're loving our pretty podcast, come on over to Social Pretties, our online safe house and sisterhood community. It's a safe space where female entrepreneurs connect and thrive in a warm, welcoming fold of pretty amazing women. You'll find an easy redirect in the description and I can't wait to see you in there. And depending on where you're listening right now, we would love it if you would click subscribe or follow so that you can be the first to know when our new podcasts come out.